You're listening to the Bohemian Pursuits podcast, set to unleash the creative in you, with your hosts Abraham Lucos and Mickey, aka Mixer the Comic. All right, welcome to another episode of Bohemian Pursuits. Uh, today, joining us all the way from Dubai with her golden visa is DJ Sarah, a DJ and a, a podcast host who also hosted CNN right for five years. Welcome That's to right. the show, Sarah. Thank you for having me, guys. It's my pleasure to be here. Nice, nice to have you on, Sarah. Uh, Mickey, Mickey said golden visa. What's that about? So basically, the Dubai government decided to like reward creative people living here. And we all know artists always have to struggle, especially if it's your full-time job. So they decided to uh, like grant these visas out to people so you don't have to waste a lot of money. And you get a visa for 10 years, which is a long time because normally a visa here is just two or three years. So you're paying for that normal visa, but you're getting a 10-year visa. So it's pretty amazing. Oh, that's good. I, I saw I saw recently that there was a festival in Dubai uh, where they let... I mean, uh, there's a move that Dubai is making to like being more progressive, right? Uh, or establishing, uh, like portraying itself as more progressive. And they let uh, women and men dance together and they didn't have to wear hijabs or anything like that. Were you, were you there? Or, like, do you know about it? To be honest, in Dubai, like everything is very open-minded and like, especially in terms of music, art, culture, there's a lot of freedom here. And I've been traveling a lot, actually. So in the last two months, I've gone to Saudi twice. I've gone to Egypt twice. And that's when you start to see the whole spectrum in terms of freedom, especially artistic freedom, because Saudi is just opening up, by the way. So it's only been five years before that music was officially banned there. You could go to jail if you listen to music, if you've had a party, if you dance, but things are opening up there. But when I came back to Dubai, that's when I saw how much freedom we have here and what a blessing it is to live here. Because as an artist, like not only do you have freedom to create, but people actually reward your artistic talent. Oh, you started out in Saudi and then you moved to Dubai. No, I've been based in Dubai for the last 10 years, but I love to travel. So I went to Saudi three years back, right before the pandemic started. And I DJed there in the middle of the desert at a big festival. And I was super surprised because what you just described was how it used to be there. And uh, I was just like completely shell-shocked because like I was seeing like the craziest performers and the biggest stage and lights and international artists like Tiny Tempo and the Chainsmokers all in the middle of the desert. And yeah. that's when I was like, I'm definitely coming back here. And <laughs> I just went back like just a few weeks ago. So right now there's a huge revolution in terms of music there and um, there's a big scene there and people who support you. So once you get to know some of these people, they're the nicest, sweetest people and they'll like hook you up with the best gigs there. Oh, see, that's what we need. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you said you said you went to Egypt, right? Do you, do you happen to attend any of these Cytron's parties there? Like not yet, no, not, not yet. But I'm going this summer, and I'm in, incredibly excited because Egyptian people are a lot like, say, Indian people. Maybe I would use the example of Bangalore because that's the city I'm from. But it's just easy to talk to people, easy to go somewhere with someone, and you know, like you make one friend, you make ten friends. That's how it goes. Like you're part of the gang, and before you know it, people are like, "Ah, oh, come over, let's do a barbecue, let's go to this gig," and you're part of the scene before you even know it. And uh, I've done two trips in the last six months to Egypt and I'm going back in April and I'm helping a friend set up a talent agency there and I'm going to be oh, teaching nice. there as well. Oh, crazy. So you, um, you're like, what, what genre do you specify and what, what do you play? Just like my personality, I play everything. <laughs> <laughs> I started with old school hip hop, but then okay. I moved into deep house, a bit of like side drums, a bit of... Um, a little bit of Bollywood and Arabic, but literally like every single box now is tick, 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 except for techno. I don't really do techno at all. Why? But uh, honestly, I don't know. Like maybe it's because of where I live. I don't know. But techno is yeah. not a big scene then? Like not techno, really. not techno? No, really? it's, it's a small scene. It's a very dedicated oh, okay. scene, but it's a smaller scene here. All right. So that's why you didn't indulge too much. Yeah, and, and also it's my career, so like I need gigs which are going to pay the bills as well. So yeah, that that's true. <laughs> you get it takes yeah. a long time to grow as a tech DJ, at least. Yep. 
So like what, what um, you you play on what you play on a you you play on a mix you play on those old CDJs or do you play on a Pioneer or do you would you play on Scratch? Do you Scratch? Do you... So I learned on turntables and then I okay. moved on to CDJs and I own like a whole native instrument setup at home. So that's Tractor, and okay. uh, I have a DJ Academy as well where we teach kids. So right. there we use a different controller. But pretty much like across the board, you know, because I think as a DJ, uh, you need to be able to be tech savvy. You need to be able to walk into a venue and not be scared. Like, I don't know what this is or which button to press. Like, also, once you figure out the basics, you can figure out whatever equipment you have around you. Like, because most of the functions are the same. Maybe the effects will be in a different place or like some of the knobs will be like slightly like positioned in a different place. But everything else is the same. I mean, you've got, you've got all those buttons and those knobs are kind of tempting. You kind of do want to be DD at that moment and just go, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> it's kind of like being a pilot on an airplane though. You don't need all the buttons. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. And, and everyone else is there along for the ride. Exactly. But you're yeah. the pilot. So it's a nice place to be. Yeah. At least you, you have control of people's bodies. Sounds wrong, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, what do you, what are you trying? What's going through your head while you're mixing, while you're like up on that stage, uh, working all those, uh, working Playing all the buttons? And, yeah. Like, what's going I through? I heard you're a flow artist, right. so you'd relate. But basically, it's a state of flow. Like, once you get in that zone, nothing is gonna like mess with you. Nothing's gonna affect you. And like, it's kind of like meditation in a way you're somewhere else, you know, in a different zone and you're just happy. Like, and it doesn't have to do with how much money you're getting paid or like where you are. It's about you and the music and the people around you. That's about it. And I think it's like a whole cycle of energy because like the moment you step up there to show off or to, I don't know, prove a point, people can sense it. But when you show up there as someone who's a performer and who's there to like enjoy yourself along with the crowd there and give that like magical energy to people and receive it back and like just continue that cycle. That's when magic starts happening. True. And, but, like what, what was the biggest gig that you played though in Dubai? Do you, do you remember? Like the biggest uh, one, I've done... one, one that changed your perception, that changed your whole entire life. So I said, I'm a stay. Uh, I've done Formula One three years in a row. So for me, that was the biggest thing I've done uh, because I never thought I would just walk into Yas Marina and be a DJ, like an official Formula One DJ, not like in a small little bar or on a yacht where nobody sees you. And then it happened again. Then it happened again. And I was like, whoa. But the most memorable gig till date was DJing in Saudi because as I was telling you, there was no music scene five years ago. It was a punishable offense. And to witness like such big stars and such a huge like setup and more than that, the people just enjoying themselves so much for me, that was something else. Because I think when we belong to big cities and big countries, we just take it for granted, you know, like I can do this and this is anyway going to happen. But when you never know when's the next gig, when you never know is something going to even be allowed, you appreciate it so much more. Yeah, was it was it like a different vibe from those people? What was that? What was that feeling like? Like playing for the first few times in a place where they've never they've never gone and jammed to something, but they've flown across definitely, but they've never been able to do it at home. You know, when you play music at home, you're in your zone. You could be butt naked, right, dancing around, but still, at the end of the day, what was it like playing for somebody who's never been able to do that? Like to reach out to that. What was that experience like? A beautiful experience and I went back just last month and I met some of the same people who I DJed for like two three years ago and they remembered me and I was like wow you know because in Dubai you see so many DJs so many concerts you're like okay next whatever but like these people become your friends you know and like it's just a different feeling and towards the end of my set they actually told me like the royal family is here as well and I was like wow <laughs> and like i started playing arabic music and I, I started off with like hip-hop and deep house and the normal stuff i play and last minute they're like okay listen the royal family's here we need you to also play some arabic music and i was like okay cool don't freak out <laughs> and it was just fun it was so much fun and saudi people are very welcoming 
And like, again, I'll go back to the thing of flow artists, but I think the best thing about being a part of a scene anywhere is that people welcome you, you know, like if you respect what you're doing, like as a musician or a DJ, whether you're in Dubai, Saudi, India, wherever you go, people will welcome you into that circle because they know you work your ass off to like do what you're doing. And they're also doing that same journey, you know, so the moment they see you, you immediately connect with them. Yeah, that's crazy. Habibi, we're gonna allow this as long as you go play some. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> that's you said. Um, they they listening to music is a punishable offense. Like, wh- how openly, what? openly, like like having okay. a party. I mean, they're still listening. Okay, so they're still listening to music and at at yeah. home. Do people usually listen to hip hop? Is is there like a hip hop culture in uh, in Big Dubai? Time. Big yeah, time. but it must yeah. be super underground, right? Not at all. It's a very open scene, and two of the top like leading genres in music are like hip hop and deep house. Most of the parties here are like that, and everything else has small circles. No, no, you can. You're mixing up Dubai and Saudi. This, okay, Dubai okay. is very open in terms of music and concerts and everything. Right. And what, so, like what kind of hip hop? Old old school, new school? I like old school hip hop, but you find both yes. types here, and you find people who play like both of them mixed into one set, and I think that would be a winning combo because otherwise it's like boring after a point. A little bit. Then you want to switch yeah. to tech. <laughs> <laughs> If your name is Mickey S. So you 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 spoke about you you're from Bangalore. We're from Bangalore, by the way. And uh, uh, you have a DJ Pro? academy. We stay on Hutchins Road. Like okay, right. wow, <laughs> that's crazy. That's insane. Seriously, Hutchins Small Road was like our our big city life. You know, when you got fed up of like living down there, you just walk down and like, wow, there's an actual supermarket here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except that con uncle that sold uh, sweet mitai. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know a shop called Evergreen Farooq shop? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> When <laughs> I first came to Dubai I used to exchange money there. <laughs> Farooq bhai. Okay. Yes. All right. Shout out small as well. Yeah. Of course. Farooq is like a 2 minute walk from uh, from our house. Like we go there for chai every day. Do they still have a shop in my shop there? He doesn't have but there there are Next other people. Story. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a couple of shawmas and momos and uh, yeah, a bunch of people are coming set up set up stuff. Cheras, of course. Yeah. Farooq, better give us some free stuff for advertising. Issue. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where's the where was your D, where's your DJ academy? You mentioned you had a DJ academy. It's in Dubai. So basically, during COVID, we all ran out of like <laughs> creative solutions oh. to make money. So one day, I met a friend. We sat down, and he was saying, "I have this idea. Let's start a DJ academy, and I want you to be a teacher." And I was like, "Okay, fine." and we started it and like it really took off like we've taught so many kids there now like more than 200 kids in the last 9 months and we've even set up like uh, activities in schools and stuff like that so it's amazing seriously like all i have to say is always follow your dreams because somebody might say it's never going to work but if you believe enough like the sky's the limit you teach you teach djing at schools yep All I got was an ass whooping. <laughs> Not at all. That's why I was telling you, Dubai is very open-minded and very supportive in terms of arts and culture. Meaning, there's a there's a class, there's a there, like in class, it's part of the curriculum. No, like workshops. But like workshops. by the way, you have B Tech for musicians who study music production and everything. Right, right, right. So you right, can right. be a graduate in music. Yeah. I had a, I had some friends who started out uh, I mean started that but I, I feel like they all ended up like running their own studios and that's Yeah, pretty things. much. <laughs> yeah. You, you want a studio? No, I don't. That but that's the that's a goal. That's next goal. Let's see. Uh, for me my biggest dream is to travel. I love traveling and I love meeting people all over the world and making these little circles because they all connect back, you know, like literally like you said you are like 10 minutes away from where i stay in bangalore so yeah it's a small world that's all 
I, I've been I've been following you for a, for a while. It was actually um, uh, I I don't remember I don't remember how, like how I found you on Instagram, but I've been following you for a while, and I recently saw that uh, you met Javier from Lagota uh, Circus Circus. We used to all live together, by the way. What are you saying? Seriously. In, uh, this was at the expo, right? He's performing at Expo now, but three years ago we had a house full of artists, and it was like ten of us staying in this big villa, and everyone was a performer. So I'm a DJ, someone was a fire artist, someone was a hula hooper, and that's where I met Javier because he came and stayed with us. Right? Yeah, he's the he's he's another he's another level. You know him from Dubai, from Bangalore, from where? I mean, I've been following uh, the Lagoda Circus uh, for a while too, and uh, recently reached out. We reached we reached out to him, and he's agreed to come on the podcast as well. Uh, so that we, we'll we've lined that up as well. Uh, so I mean, uh, just when you when you said that you you formed these small pockets, it just reminded me of like uh, I mean uh, that you had met him, and I saw that we had like a mutual follow. Yeah. And the more you travel, you realize it's not seven degrees of separation. It's always like one, especially if you're a creative person, because like we're few and far like uh, around the country, but like we all know each other. So yeah, yeah it's almost like a family. It Somehow. really is. Yeah. You fight, you make up, you break up, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> it's still all in the same family, whether you like it or not. How long have you been well DJing now? Pretty much for eight years now. Because I came to Dubai uh, soon after CNN, and I didn't really get back into journalism. I started working in social media as a day job, and uh, I was working in events and hospitality. So I kept looking at all these people, and I'm like, okay, I'd love to try that too. And slowly, people helped me. I joined a course. Somebody gave me some music. My manager at that at that time helped me set up a website, take my pictures, everything, you know. And before I knew it, I started DJing and like you get one gig, you get another gig. And before you know it, like it just snowballs and you look back and you're like, wow, I didn't think that would happen so fast. So where do you, where do you play here though in Bangalore? I'll tell you a secret and I know you're going to laugh like crazy, but I've lived here for eight years. I've played all over the world, but I've never played in India till now. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to Lingraj for a minute. Farooq shop. Turn up in Farooq's. <laughs> we'll give you a free shower, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, But where, where'd you learn though? Where'd you learn to DJ? Dubai. Dubai. Oh, you flew out straight out of Dubai and learned it. Like was there, there was, was a DJ academy? academy here, yeah. Then I became friends with my teacher, and I continued for years with him, like doing advanced classes as well, and just practicing because, like any creative skill, you have to keep at it. Otherwise, it becomes rusty or goes away completely. Yeah, true. Well, what happened at CNN? Like, why did why did you decide to leave CNN? I got bored. <laughs> yeah, was was CNN in in India? Were you were you here? You were working it in was CNN in Delhi. In Okay, and that was my first job out of college. So I got in there. I stayed there for five years. I was anchoring. I joined the sports department. But like once I kind of learned the ropes and became good at everything, I'm like, I want to travel the world. And I grew up in a middle class family. But at the same time, like everyone always said, dream big, dream big, do whatever you want. So I did. I'm like, okay, Dubai is the easiest place to go to get a visa because it's like an extension of being in India. So let's just go there. And I was thinking of moving to Canada because I have family there, but that just never happened. And now Dubai is home. D- did you know somebody in Dubai? Yeah, I did. Know? We had a family friend here, and oh. I had another senior from college here. But again, as I said, like once I came here, I realized there's a million people from India here, and like somehow or the other, you meet like someone from here, someone from there, and like you don't feel like a stranger anymore. So I, I I read on your uh, on your on your on your website. You were an orchestra. Yeah, that was me in school. <laughs> <laughs> t- t- tell me, tell me, open up. <laughs> I was actually the quiet kid in school, so I was all about extracurricular activities. I was in the band. I was in the orchestra. I was in anything that would let me escape from school <laughs> and just do something <laughs> fun instead. So. Yeah, I was in the basketball team, I was into sports and like 
I just always been missing from the class and my mother was a teacher so she would get all the complaints directly which was not very good for me but I think that's what helped me develop into the person I am today because we don't realize it but all these things you do in school like debate or like anything to do with the stage activity it builds your confidence um anything to do with speaking in any form helps you like become good with words uh if you like do creative writing or poetry again all of this comes together eventually to make you a good marketer to make you a good presenter to essentially just help you in life to connect with people so yeah i never knew it but these were all amazing things that were happening at that point in my life yeah i mean a lot of people don't try don't try things because of fear of uh probably failing at it or you know being judged by someone but they don't realize that you try something and it opens up like a like like thousand fucking other avenues where you're you know you 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 get good at something at a later stage in life and like that's what honestly we we want people to do like give everything a shot and this at, game at of the connect the dots if you're a creative person you should never limit yourself never put yourself in a box because like all these things somehow support each other and sometimes even if you do something that's diametrically different this skill like maybe like revives you gives you some like energy to go back to that other thing that you were doing before you get bored of it you know like because i think as creative people we're like little children sometimes like you get bored of things and you want something new to play with all the time so it's important to like just figure yourself out find your own way and understand what works best for you it ties back to what you were saying about flowing like while you're on stage uh people notice people notice when you're when 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 you you're in your element and like they just want to enjoy you just want to enjoy with the audience and the audience reciprocates that it's a i mean it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful feeling 100% and also i think we're such a distracted society especially because of technology like you're watching something you're on your phone at the same time and talking to someone but you're not paying attention to either of those things you're doing you know but when you do something you enjoy like whether it's flow arts or whether it's music you are forced to just be in that moment because you're also performing and if you don't focus you're going to make a mistake and people are going right. to laugh so yeah right right that's good for me as <laughs> <laughs> a comedian easy is laughs i was i i recently went came across this uh this from his book that i was reading it was like he tries to explain the present moment and uh, what what he talk what he basically says is your past is i mean there's there's the only th- real thing that you have is the present moment and like your everything in your past is is just part of your memories and anything in the future is just your imagination so the only real thing that you have is your is your present moment and uh, yeah that sort of blew my mind like like even even within within that state of flow what you're expected to do is just be in that in that present moment I I got it off Instagram I just wanted to sound smart right so <laughs> <laughs> That's what we all do don't worry <laughs> This famous quote <laughs> What's the first uh, what's the first instrument you picked up though uh, the trumpet Oh shit Did you ever so meet Jimmy to... Trumpet <laughs> No <laughs> <laughs> So I always was playing wind instruments. I started with the trumpet, I played the bugle, and then I had this amazing music teacher who one day told me like you're very good at music, so I want you to just pick up any instrument in this whole room and like play, like no problem. So in that one week I played drums, I played flute, I played like anything I wanted to and I was a kid, so I was just super happy. And at the end of the week like it was the good old days, so he literally gave me a floppy <laughs> with music on it. and he's like i want you to try and compose something and i didn't even have a computer at home so it was difficult but it at least got my mind like into this whole thing of like oh wow you take this and this and put it together and something else happens you know so literally i would say he's the guy who planted the seed of music like right from a young age and it grew much later but yeah that's crazy your first mixtape uh mix floppy <laughs> <laughs> oh crazy what that i had like 10 seconds 10 seconds <laughs> i never got around to actually making anything on that but at least he made me start thinking about it as was this was what back in school yeah i was in school like a lot younger so you were you were trying to figure out 
what the fuck does compose mean <laughs> exactly seriously and also i was with the neighborhood uncle in the like internet cafe who was even more confused <laughs> it's like what does this girl want to do like why don't you just check email or play a game and go home <laughs> we have three websites how much do you want to know <laughs> <laughs> and the thing kept hanging all the time so yeah i never got around to doing it oh fun have you uh, have you ever tried to incorporate any of this during your set like have you played like the trumpet or the bugle when you're when you're playing no. have you ever tried to incorporate not yet but i let's just say because i studied music it helps me like listen to all the different like aspects of a song and like it's not just dom 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 but like you can hear all the little things happening in the background yeah all the instruments and even, everything and even when we teach kids we do this with them we're like in the beginning of class you always just listening and what can you hear what can you hear now what else can you hear you know like just to spark that curiosity in them what do you mean can you elaborate on that uh, like what what do you what is the usual response maybe you get from So for example some kids if they're not like trained to listen to music they would only hear like the bass drum or something that's very prominent. Right. But say there are kids who study music who are used to listening to music at home with their parents they would start naming all the instruments they hear in that song. Okay. Okay. And like you, different like, layers basically. Right, right. The objective is to uh sort of identify what each instrument is doing in a in a in a uh, in a tune, is it? Yeah. and sometimes you just even won't even hear that like certain instrument because you've never heard it before maybe or like it's mixing with something else so well that you're like okay that's just like someone's playing the guitar that's it like right or yeah. someone or someone's pressing a button on a computer a, lo- a lot of people everything is now <laughs> i found it really hard to tell between a lead guitar and a bass guitar growing up i, I mean i uh, it it took it took a while to realize okay there's an other there's another level uh, to this track there's somebody doing something in the background and like actually the first time that happened is when i saw saw it, saw like a band performing on stage and uh, i mean like you can you can look at the lead guitar and he's doing something on his own this is bass guitar that's just strumming away what the heck is this guy up to what is oh okay there is a there is a sound that he is playing something Yep. Like that that did I mean it made me appreciate music a, a little bit more to be honest. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. yeah And everyone has smallest. a part to play. Right. True. And like the smallest instrument instruments make the biggest difference like in the entire track it could change like the whole uh meaning of the entire composition done by everybody, right? What's a what's a little triangle thing called? Yeah, there's literally a person whose job is just to do this. <laughs> yeah. What's it called? What's the instrument called? It's called a triangle, seriously. It's called a triangle. <laughs> I swear. Got it right. <laughs> oh, crazy. Shit. <clears throat> so, what do you what do you do like uh is this your is this your regular gig now? I mean, is this what you do like for a living? Yep. So basically I decided last year that I want to be an events DJ. So I didn't take any clubs or any lounge residencies because especially as a female DJ that's what a lot of people give you like here stand in that corner look pretty and play some like chill out music so we can eat at dinner you know I'm like nah, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> I want to be out on a big stage. I want to meet people. I want to have fun like I've started doing a lot of these events and it's a lot to do with having some courage and some faith because when you do events you never know what's happening next month ever you know <laughs> you're here and like you're getting bookings for now and you have to just trust that it'll repeat itself again next month and next month and next month and somehow it just worked out and oh, I'm man, really that's, that's scary as hell especially it like is. during covid i mean like when nobody when nobody's finding work you've decided to explore yourself and I keep oh. saying there's no time like now that's why literally God damn yeah, if you don't do it now you're going to miss out and then you're going to wonder why the fuck you never did it in the first yeah. place yeah and then you're going to see that friend next door and be like oh shit I should have borrowed that CD <laughs> I was the person during covid who was on the rooftop recording live sets so that I keep sane <laughs> and my neighbors were like <laughs> so yeah I, I even I had a TP on my tent. I mean, on my uh, terrace. So yeah. So those were your first gigs, is it? 
<laughs> no, no, not my first gig. That was COVID when everything closed. So for six right, months, right, there was right. nothing, right? So sure. we started doing live sets. We started recording music for Burning Man. We just started really doing anything we could think of to like be an artist and continue creating something. Right. That's a, that's the catch. Like continue creating, right? Like when when things close down, people. I mean, people had no idea. Like suddenly, filmmakers don't know what to do. Dancers don't know what to do. Like everyone's at a at a at a standstill. And like people will openly say, I got depressed. Like for a year, I didn't know yeah. what the hell I was doing. You know. I'm sure. I'm sure it took some time for people to catch up and like move to a digital uh, economy sort of thing. I mean, Abby and I were, we were talking about this shit for two years and uh, fucking COVID happened and it just, because we kept consistently at it, it fucking got brilliant. It, it got really nice. It got like to a point where we're having conversations. We're not sitting and trying to record uh, 25 <laughs> scripts between the two of us <laughs> in my bedroom. <laughs> Yeah. yeah and COVID gave people the time to slow down and to just appreciate the moment like you said so finally everyone was busy it's like okay yeah I'm also free you're also free let's make a podcast you know let's do whatever we were saying we're going to do for 10 years but we never did let's do it now finally but, but you were already getting events uh, lined up at that point is that why you decided to make the jump I was already already doing events, but I was not doing it full time because I was doing residencies because you expect a certain amount of money. It's like having a salary, basically. Right. But when I jumped into events, I started getting paid much more. I started mm-hmm. getting like more visibility because you're on a big stage now. And I didn't have to do work every day. I could work twice or thrice a week and still make the same amount of money. So why not, you know? That's great. I mean, that, it's it's that fear, I think, you know, of not having that constant uh, cash flow. Is exactly. What, you know, turns away people from doing a lot of things, right? Because they, they don't want to put in so much the effort, like I can't go to work, I have to come back and do this shit, I'm not getting paid. That kind of puts people off. So what would like what would be your advice? I mean, you you clearly said that you're you're from a middle class family. You moved, uh, you you struggled, you worked hard, you moved away to Dubai. You learned, you've done all of this. Like, what would you say to people like that? Like people that are just scared. Like you know, they they they're really probably good at it, but they're just scared of giving it a shot because they don't know where the money is going to come from. So I went to a huge music conference and I met people like Steve Aoki and like all these huge DJs you threw and we asked them what? the same question. <laughs> I hope so, but no, he didn't. Uh, but we asked them the same question. We're like, you guys are so famous and like you're doing so well. So what advice do you have for people who are like very creative but struggling because they don't have enough money? And one of the guys actually said this. He's like, instead of buying the latest iPhone, I would advise those people to like eat peanut butter sandwiches every day if they have to, but like invest all their time and effort into what they actually want to do. Because if you're going to keep saying, I will do it when I'm rich, I will do it when I have X amount of money, it's not going to happen because you're still in that rat race, you know what I mean? But if you remove yourself from that rat race and always remember that you still have a safety net because you can go back and get a job, by the way. <laughs> You're not becoming unemployable or moving to a different planet. So, yeah, like, give it a shot. If you don't believe in yourself, how in the world is anyone else going to take a chance on you? True, but, I mean, you know, stand in the corner, look pretty for a lot of girls is a big turn-off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's, another, that's another point of it. I mean, generally, it's, a, it's, it's sort of a male-dominated um, a creative pursuit. Or, uh, you know, something like that. But, like, a lot of women don't get into this. Because usually, you know you know how people in the events are, right? Hey, you look pretty. Do you want to wear this dress and stand there? <laughs> no, it's not happening. <laughs> not happening. But you learn. Like, you become smarter. You know what I mean? Also, you understand people more. And maybe instead of, like, things, like, reaching, like, a bad situation, you can see through people after a certain point of time. You know who you want to work with. You also build your network, you build your circle. And those are the people you constantly get gigs from because they pay on time. They're honest. They're not leaving the country and running away. (laughs) So, yeah. And also, by the way, in Dubai, we're a very close-knit group. So if you mess with us, trust me, within like a few hours, everybody will know. And like nobody will work with you after that. Oh, right. That's that's like a, I mean, that's like a threat to... to, um... (laughs) Like orders. <laughs> well, it's needed. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Like, 
in in a in a land of a billion people like you do you do it's difficult to find this sort of community because like you're easily replaced right it's uh, i mean it's like it's it's harder to have that so like the the, con- the conference with, like with which you speak like there's not going to be a dj if if you don't pay me on time there's not going to be a dj it's a, i think this is it's a different sort of uh, ball game like uh, here in here in india And, but uh, it's not about not paying me on time it's about being a crook like you know what i mean like right. if you had an issue something happened come on of course you're going to be like okay bro pay me like one month three months whatever but if you are like going on holidays and doing other stuff with the money that you were supposed to pay me like eh. sound is sound like vijay malia <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so yeah because you have this remember i live in a city where there's a lot of tourists there are a lot of people who come here yeah. just for a few months so it's easy for those people also to make you do something and not pay you so yeah right what's life in dubai like uh it's amazing living here seriously it takes a little getting used to and especially the first one year is hard because like you left your home your friends your family your dog <laughs> and you came oh, here no. but <laughs> i know <laughs> but very quickly you make friends you find a new partner you like figure out your life you get a house so yeah i think as human beings like as cool and adventurous as we are we all like our little safe comfort zones and the faster you can realize what matters the most to you the easier it becomes to adjust like for example for me it was always my mom like i'm very close to my mom but i i made it a point that i visit her i have international minutes i call her all the time and she also comes all the time here and we made a tradition that every year for her birthday we travel to a new country and now she's like so where are we going this year i'm like no way <laughs> and she's like why <laughs> i'm like mama because i don't want you to get covid because i took you on a holiday and she was joking because they got sick recently so she's like but oh, now no. now i finished getting sick so now what's your excuse like it's okay so yeah that's my she, parents for you she's going to get sick anyway she might as well do it while she's in paris you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> in fact the year that covid happened we had tickets booked to south africa and to europe because that that was a very successful year for me DJing and i promised her like okay let's go do everything see everything but we never went because oh, no, that's no. when everything broke out and we canceled our tickets but touch wood it's been 2 years now and i haven't got covid and i've been traveling a lot and meeting a lot of people and hugging a lot of people <laughs> and everyone tells me don't but yeah i really think you have one life and like I don't want to spend it stuck in the house because there's a pandemic and we don't know whether it's safe for 2 years or 10 years or 20 years like so yeah keep green we're not we're not promoting going and hugging people or anything I want to be going to write back to us and say I'm not going to be on the same Spotify link fuck you all <laughs> follow the It's cdc crazy. guidelines <laughs> get vaccinated get vaccinated exactly <laughs> i tell you a very funny story about my mom but literally she she wants to come here and she's like so i heard you have to get a booster shot but i can't because i got sick like recently i'm like okay she's telling me shall i print my positive certificate and tell them this is why i couldn't get the booster i'm like no you cannot do that <laughs> Wow, your your mom's a total G, dude. <laughs> like, listen, I got this once. It's like chicken pox. <laughs> Too funny, seriously. But music runs in my family, and when they both got sick, my dad and my mom. You know what they were doing? They were singing the song at home. I'm on top of the world, looking down on creation. <laughs> so every time you call them, they would start singing that song, and like all the like, oh my parents are sick, would just go away, and you just start laughing with them. <laughs> I'm I'm just thinking about you playing uh, you playing your sets on top of your terrace, like the. <laughs> The alternative here in India was people were banging pots and. <laughs> I know, I know. Go Corona, go. <laughs> I mean, anybody playing music uh, would have been a welcome change here. I wish. Uh... No, there were a lot of DJs in Bangalore that were doing sets on their uh, rooftops. They were doing these. <clears throat> they got drones and stuff, and they started putting up content on YouTube. Yeah. By the way, I loved. I love that this happened because musically. 
fuck, people have gotten to listen to so many genres, so many different types of music. And this whole COVID gave everyone, like you said, right? Slowed everyone down. And now everyone's at home. So I'm, I'm going to check out YouTube. And then there were these constant uh, sets happening. And, it and collaborations. People yeah. started making music across the world. Like nobody cared anymore whether you're in Miami or I'm in Dubai or you're in Bangalore. Like let's mm-hmm. all just log in and do our thing. And before you know it, there were like international music festivals happening just like this. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> In, in fact, when we, when we started off this podcast, initially it was, I mean, the, we, the idea was that we would have the guest with us. Like, like it would be the three of us together in a room recording together, like a Joe Rogan podcast yeah. or whatever. Um, and like it was COVID that forced us. I mean, we took a break because of COVID and then we didn't know what to do. And, we, and initially it was supposed to be two weeks and we thought we'd start recording after and then with no end in sight we were just like okay, let's let's just move to an online uh, to an online podcast and which would mean that we could have conversations with people from all over the world as opposed to you know somebody that has to be physically uh, physically present also so, without booking a studio without booking an audio engineer without booking a videographer like you're saving money and you're saving time and like literally you're like on whatsapp okay shall we do this now okay cool let's like before you know it we're all online you know that's true. youtube helped youtube helped us <laughs> um, getting this audio ready getting music ready getting our production ready shit now like it grew so much that we have like we have a set team as well like it, that's, that's amazing that's, yeah that's that's what we are proud about. Like we're at least happy that we have a set team. We have a producer, we have a marketer, then you have both of us goons. But yeah. <laughs> but you're vaccinated, yeah? Get vaccinated. All of it, all of it. <laughs> I'm waiting for the booster shot. I'm eagerly waiting. <laughs> right, right here, please. <laughs> That's the line. <laughs> We, we call in the government every day, bro. You got it or what? Fifty percent off. They use our code on the podcast <laughs> for one and a half years. Every time I call my mom, that's what I would hear. <laughs> oh yeah, that ringtone. No, they, yep. they forced us. Yep, they forced us. <laughs> brainwashed us. Yeah, really. What the heck? They gave some random statistics. 100 crore people reach vaccination. Okay, motherfucker, that's like Bangalore. <laughs> What's the rest, motherfucker? It's insane. Okay. Yeah. Really. Anyway. Shit, uh, so what, so yeah. what, what would you have to say to somebody starting out, like a girl that's starting out especially? It doesn't matter whether you're a girl or boy, but I would say work your yeah, ass off. Get the times, bro. Equality. <laughs> No, I'm saying like there are a lot of people, you know, event organizers, they're going to say, you know, come by and you know how it works. You know how DJs work. Like I used to do events too. And honestly, you were one of those guys. Say, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I tell you a little secret, you've never worked with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like what, what would you say to them though? What would you say to these girls that, you know, scared because of all the shit that they've heard? Social media shit. Honestly, in Dubai, it's very safe. And like at the most, like maybe you won't get paid or get paid late. That's about it. But in terms of safety, like women have so much rights here. Like if you say this much, like that guy is going to get into a lot of trouble. Seriously. So that's the kind of country it is here. But generally speaking, anyway, forget about that. But I would say one is really work your ass off because... Don't be entitled, you know, don't do that influencer stuff where you're like, you have to do this or give me this. So no, nobody has to give you anything. You know what I mean? (laughs) And (laughs) just be a good person. Seriously, like if you start like throwing attitude with people and like just misbehaving, which I see a lot of people doing, people don't want to work with you. And like, that's your fault. That's not anybody else's fault. And sometimes maybe you'll get a gig because you're just polite to people and ethical and show up on time and you're professional rather than someone who has 50,000 followers but like acts like a diva you know Mm -hmm. so I think these small things matter a lot and I think you should move with the times like whether it's getting tech savvy because of COVID or whether it's like changing your music format because there's new people here who want to listen to something different and also just having the courage to be different because 
like when I started off, all the girls here have like straight hair, very shiny. They're very thin. They wear dresses that are like super sexy. And then you have me who's like, ta-da! <laughs> so yeah, in the beginning, I was like, should I start being a bit more formal or whatever you want to call it? But I didn't. I never did, you know. And like because of that, I started getting gigs which suit me. Like one of my gigs is at a roller disco and like they pay me a lot of money and I'm very happy. But why do I do it? Because it's a lot of fun and I meet cool people. And I don't have to stand there in a pretty dress like <laughs> because I did that a little bit, but it's very boring. <laughs> so yeah. Keep having fun. Keep having fun. And like, there's no such thing as being 15, 25, 35, 45. Like, literally, if you start doing things that you love and surround yourself with the right people, life is an adventure. Like, every single day you can have fun. My mom is 60-something, but like, she still wants to go to Egypt and travel here and do that and, you know. And uh, just be willing. Be Have an open mind. That's about it. That's great. That's great. <clears throat> what, is the, what is the future hold for... Strategy. <laughs> you never know because I never know. <laughs> <laughs> do you have uh, do you have some uh, events lined up? Uh, I mean, coming up. So my thing that I'm most excited about right now is going back to Egypt because uh, this will be my first time DJing there, and I'm going to move there for two months, get an apartment, do all of that, and just. Travel, make contacts, make friends, jam with musicians, and uh, what event yeah. is this? What event is this? In- it's not a specific event, but Egypt is booming right now. And uh, I'll let tell you a small secret, but in Egypt they don't believe in COVID, <laughs> so everything is open. All the festivals are open, you know. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's why I'm gonna Egypt. go there because. <laughs> Why two months, right? Why two months? I mean, I'm, I'm, Seriously. I could essentially work from anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the kind of place I want to be in because I don't want to just keep looking over my shoulder or like, oh, I coughed, I'm dying. You know, like, no, it's not a nice way to live at all. It's depressing as hell. So, yeah. Oh, so then the, the visa that they've given you, the creative visa, it, like you have mul- multiple entries, uh, unlimited entries or anything like that? Into Dubai. Into Dubai. I'm technically a resident of Dubai. So basically, I live here and work here. The visa, which I already have, entitles me to be a citizen here, basically. Like, think of it like that. It's a resident visa. So you get a whole lot of rights and privileges here. You get medical insurance. You get all these things. But, uh, yeah, just like that, I can travel anywhere and come back. And Egypt gave me a three-month visa. So within 90 days, (laughs) they'll kick me out. That's a tourist visa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Crazy. Crazy. I can't believe though that you thought Dubai is still like like women and men dancing together is not okay and stuff like that. Trust know, me, I, that's I, only... It's like you said, I think I got to confuse Dubai and Saudi. Yeah, yeah. I keep doing that, dude. I, it's I only keep, Saudi. It's only Saudi. Dubai has had a scene mm-hmm. for like more than 20 years here. There's a ton of musicians. There's a lot of local talent as well. There are DJs, there are musicians, even girls who are like Emirati and they're doing amazing. So, yeah. Well, I mean... Why? Why is it? Why? I mean, like, why is under uh, Dubai under different management? Like, what's what's up with that? The government is completely different, right? Right. Okay. So basically, uh, other places completely depends on the government. Like in Egypt, by the way, they were under army rule for a long time, but mm-hmm. they were still free. Like, their people could still have parties and clubs and whatever. But right. in Saudi, it was just a very conservative society. Women were not even allowed to drive there for a long time, so. All these things that are opening up is like very, very, very big, and like people have been struggling and trying to get this to happen for so long. So now, now Saudi, Saudi's looking at Dubai like I want to be that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, a lot exactly. Of people, a lot of people want to be there. A lot of people would want to go to Dubai, Saudi. Yeah. Like other, otherwise, so, people went to Saudi for the money. They yeah. Couldn't do what, you couldn't do shit. So there's a group of people. They call themselves Middle Beast. And they're the ones who are the pioneers in music in Saudi. They just had an EDM concert with 100,000 people from all over the world. They had David Guetta, Tiesto, uh, like every big DJ you can think of was there. That's the one I was talking about. That's the... Yeah. yeah, 100,000 people. Yeah, like that's insane. I've never been to such a big music festival anywhere in the world. So, And the setup was flawless. Like... 
imagine the kind of sound setup you need, the speakers you need, the management you need, the police and security you need, and like everything was literally perfect. So yeah, it's even though it's just been five years, they have already. Yeah, they're gonna grow. Like especially if you started it off. Fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm yeah. trying my best. Me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've set yourself up for right place, right time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. They even have Formula One and stuff like that in Saudi. Man. You name it, they have it actually right now. Oh, that's good. They're fucking getting progressive. They're having oh. a cycling tournament in the moment, and like because they have unlimited funds they do the most crazy setups like you know like literally they built like a whole little city in the middle of the desert and they take it down after the event yeah right so much land we <laughs> 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 use my backyard <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember initially like uh, red bull red bull were allowed to do these events so they would do these like these crazy stunts and have these guys all over just just in Dubai because Dubai was ready to pay them. Dubai was ready to like fund all of it. All sponsorships were uh, off the hook, right? And yep. uh, I think um, I think Red Bull capitalized on that pretty well. Yep, Red Bull is quite big in this region. Right, 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 right. You don't drink Monster or what? <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually am already hyper, so I don't drink anything. <laughs> I love no. Monster. Monster, if no, you're I'm listening. <laughs> you, do, you don't drink alcohol? Uh, you, you don't? You, uh, no. Absolutely no. Crazy. No. I used to, by the way, but no, I don't anymore. It's been like four years now. Crazy. Oh, sure. You're sober for four years. Yeah, and I told myself, like, if you can't enjoy this music without drinking, then you shouldn't be here. Seriously. Wow. What about after the music? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I'm a much better person now and much happier person. <laughs> Good for you, man. Well, we're, we're glad you took the time uh, to, uh, to, yeah, to come on the podcast. Uh, Thank you. Glad yeah, you gave us like a whole hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where, where where can we reach out to you? Where, what's your Instagram handle? What's your uh, website? Where you where can I find your music? You can find me on Instagram. That's uh, the place I'm always at. Uh, DJ Sarah G. Uh, my music is there. My podcast is there. Pretty much everything about me is there. So yeah. But dude, thank you so much. It was super fun uh, having this conversation. It was super fun. The, the the stuff that you got to say. I, I really like this. Um, you know, you you taking out the time to be with us. Uh, the two of us talking to talking to us and hopefully your story inspires the next generation of people who just can go get what a golden visa that's what it is yep yep, yep, yep. the chocolate factory this motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> honestly just go for it you have nothing to lose <laughs> best of luck Sarah thanks for coming thank you thank you so much for having me yeah Bohemian Pursuits Podcast Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bohemian Pursuits Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on Instagram at Bohemian Pursuits. Like, comment, subscribe on our episodes. You can catch them on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Till next time, unleash creative in you.